Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. On this special Father's Day, um, Pastor Jeremiah and I are going to speak out of our hearts, and I'm going to start us off today Chapter 6 of Ephesians, beginning with verse 1. Children, that is those of you who live still uh, with your parents, under their influence, or not adults. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. How many of you know that a lot of times we need, we need to understand that you need to do the right thing just because it's the right thing? Honor your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. What does it mean to honor? It means to to show value to your mother and father. It means to deeply respect them in in what you say, how you say it, what you do. That is, that you recognize their contributions. Now notice it doesn't say, obey your parents and honor your father and mother if they get everything right. There are none of those. There are no perfect mothers and fathers. But the Word of God tells us that we are to hold in a special place of esteem father and mother. And how many of you know you can choose to focus on the good things about your mother and father instead of the things where they may have missed the mark. Amen. Amen. Because I got news for you. If you ever become a mother or father, you're going to miss the mark as well. Three of you agreed with me. (laughs) Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Isn't that interesting? Here is the promise, if you'll honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you. How many of you know that things go a lot smoother when you honor your father and mother? That it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Why is that? Because God has placed your mother and father in your life to help keep you safe, to preserve you. Well, I don't know, Pastor, my mother and father, they, they, they were just kind of absentees and all of that. Can I tell you that if your mother and father were out of line with the Lord and His Word, if they were no-shows, I promise you God has seen to it, if you'll just open your eyes, God has seen to it to place spiritual mothers and fathers in your life that'll be a ministry and a blessing and a protection to you if you'll just ask Him to reveal that to you and open your eyes. In verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. That is, wrath is, you know what? Wrath is aged anger. It's anger that's been there a while. It's anger that is deep on the inside. 
that sometimes reveals itself at the most inopportune times. Do not provoke. What does to provoke mean? It means to elicit a response of anger that is uncalled for. It's not necessary. It's something that a father can do or not do that will cause a bad reaction from the child. And the Word of God says to us as fathers, don't initiate deep-rooted anger in your children. Bring them up in the training and the admonition. Admonition is love, encouragement, and even correction of the Lord. Love, encouragement, and correction. In other words, whatever we do, we must not be sources of discouragement to our children. You know, you can discourage not only children who live under your roof, but you can discourage your adult children. Here's some ways that you and I as fathers may need some correction. We can discourage our children if we are overbearing, controlling, self-centered. Usually if I am overbearing, controlling, and self-centered, usually that would be because I have fear that I hadn't resolved. How many of you know that a deep-rooted sense of fear is why you try to control everything and everybody around you. Because way down deep, you're afraid yourself. And we're afraid that if something gets beyond how we want it to be, that it'll be a failure, make us look bad, whatever. Do you know that you can discourage your children by being overbearing, controlling, self-centered. You can discourage your children by trying to relive your own youth through them. Pastor, you and I have seen this uh, as coaches in a former life. We have seen so many times parents try to relive their own youth through, the, through their children and uh, try to exact a standard of perfection on their children that they didn't even live up to themselves. And it, it, it really causes on the inside a, a rejection. It, it makes your child feel rejected. So understand that to try to relive your youth through them. And, and a lot of times, it's because we're just so afraid they'll make the same mistakes we made. So ask the Lord to help you understand that you can discourage your children by, being, by trying to relive your youth through them. Honor them as being special. Honor them as having their own unique God-given abilities they're going to live for eternity. You don't own them. 
Sometimes we can discourage our children by explosions of anger. That'll make your child afraid of you. It will, it will keep your child at arm's length. You, you're not going to have an intimate relationship with your child if you regularly have explosions of anger because they're afraid that at any time you may explode. Ask the Holy Spirit of God and become accountable to what you do with your temperament. One of the ways that we can discourage our children and provoke them to anger is by never being willing to admit that we made a mistake. It's always somebody else's fault. We never take responsibility or admit that we've made a mistake. That initiates brokenness. One of the greatest things you can ever do, fathers, is admit it. Humble yourself when you make a mistake and ask for forgiveness. Besides that, if we never admit to making mistakes, do you know what that means? It means our children will never trust us because they know we're not telling the truth. Sometimes we can discourage our children by being unwilling to set boundaries. Uh, do you know, Dean and I talk about this all the time, what we're seeing in our culture is parents who are afraid of their children. I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. They're afraid of their children. They're afraid to say, you're not going to talk like that. They're afraid to say, uh-uh, you're not going to dress like that. They're afraid to say, uh-uh, you're not going there. I'm preaching good and there's no amens. I can get down here with you now if I have to. Don't be afraid of your children. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid of the little tantrums and the disappointment and, oh, you don't understand. Nobody, you know. They, you know what? God made you the parent. Don't be afraid to set boundaries. Well, I'm afraid that if I set boundaries, they won't think I love them. When they reach an adult age, they will believe if you didn't set boundaries, you didn't love them enough. God's love has no limits. But His love is, flows through boundaries. Everything that somebody says, well, I'm going to do this because I know I'm loved, is not in line with the expression of God's love. There's boundaries there. There's no limit to the depth, but it's guided by the boundaries set forth in His own character by His Word. His Word is our standard. Don't be afraid to set boundaries. It is 
love that does. I don't know about you, but I get correction from the Lord all the time. Is that because he doesn't love me? The Lord, the word of God says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I feel like I'm really loved, Pastor John. <laughs> we can provoke our children to anger if we hold, withhold our expression of love and affirmation of them. Do you tell your children that you love them? Do you affirm to them how valuable they are to the Lord and to you? Did they know how valuable they are to you? And one of the reasons why that we, when we correct our children, we should let them know the only reason is because you're valuable to me. I love you dearly with all my heart. The love and affirmation of the Lord if that's withheld, you will discourage your children. Do you ever look at your child in the eye and say, you're the joy of my life. Amen. Do you ever look at your child and say, you are a treasure. Amen. You know, one of the best times to do that is when you've had to... Uh, Correct them. Mm hmm. Affirmation. It flows out of love. And don't be afraid to affirm your children. You're not moving the boundaries or being weak. Give them the. Do, do you not know that your Heavenly Father looked at you before you were ever born and fell deeply in love with you? And God so loved you, he gave his only begotten son to get you in his family. Give us revelation, Lord. You discourage your children by not being there. I want to say this to fathers, and I give the Lord thanks. I'm sure all of you know that sometimes Father's Day, um, there is a, um, a special little twinge when there's an absence. I feel it every day, this, this day every year. But I give the Lord thanks and praise that I was entrusted with being able, being chosen to be that father for 18 and a half years. And I am honored that God has given Dina and I multiple spiritual sons and daughters. We give him thanksgiving and praise for that. Be there. Be there. Don't, fathers, don't be trying to act like a hero. Be there in your children's lives. Pastor, come on up here and take us home. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning again. I um, 
was just uh, really honored Pastor Steve would ask me to share the in the message with him this morning on Father on Father's Day and uh, everyone have a sheet I I I did a little acronym sheet on <clears throat> Father that uh, there we go uh, Deborah has it up there and uh, you know as I was just preparing for the message, um, I thought about, uh, you know, a couple things come to my mind. First was uh, God has placed for fathers. He's, he's given you, us, a responsibility. This gift of being a father comes with responsibilities and that, you know, one day we'll will be held accountable for how we steward it. Now, I don't know about you, but that is very serious. It's a very serious thing when you think about one day you and I will stand before the living God and give an account for what, how we fathered. I wanted to start today off, uh, you don't have it on your sheet, but I'm going to read to you out of the uh, <clears throat> our last book in, script, uh, in the Old Testament. Listen to what it says. You go to the book of Malachi. It's the last book. And look at what is penned in the last couple of verses of the Old Testament. Verse 5, I'll start with verse 5, Malachi chapter 4. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There's a day of judgment coming. There's a day of a, that you and I will have to give an account for carrying out the responsibilities that we have as fathers. Listen to what it goes on to say. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers. These are very, the last words in the, what, what is at the heart of God, the father? That fathers' hearts be turned to their children. And children's hearts, you know, that when, 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 when our hearts have the character qualities that we're going to look at, then you know what I believe happens? Children's hearts are turned towards their fathers. So we want to look at today, what are some of those qualities? What is it that fathers we need to be working on you know, some fathers just believe, if, well, if I just provide materially, I've done my job. Have you? And I, I know all of us, have, we see that all the time. But there's a lot more to it. And so I just took the word father and just spelled it out. And, and when you look at it, it's 
first word is faithful. Mm. Are you a faithful father? Well, you know what? When you go to Deuteronomy, you look at, let's read what it says in Deuteronomy. Chapter 7. Listen to what it says about God the Father. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. That word faithful right there. You know, we get our word amen from that word. When you say amen, you're saying I'm faithful. You know what else you find out about that word faithful? It means to be straight. Listen to me, men. You know what? You know what fathers, your children need to grow up seeing? A father that's straight. He's going to give it to you straight. You know, there's a saying that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Not a crooked one. And we got a lot of fathers today when their children look at them, they're not straight. I thank God... Uh, for uh, Joseph Castile, because th- that was my father. He would give it to me straight. Now, he had colorful language at times with that straight. <laughs> you know, and you had to kind of dig through that. And, well, what is it? But you knew one thing, it was straight. And he didn't beat the... So, God the Father is what? And you know what, in our culture, as Pastor Steve just said, well, you don't, you know, we just so, we don't, I don't know if we want to do it. When you think like that, let me share something with you. You'll never walk in victory. You're setting your children up for failure and don't even know it. You care more about their emotions than you do their victory. Jesus is the victorious one. He's the fa- when, when he says he's the faithful one, see, only tr- you don't, the only thing you're going to win with fathers is when you give your children truth. We live in a world that wants to fill their minds and hearts with lies. Failure comes from it. It's only when you're truthful and you're faithful. What else? Forgiving. You know, fathers, we need to be forgiving, faithful and forgiving. I want to challenge you today to create an atmosphere in your home of forgiveness. When there's conflict, listen to me, fathers. When there's conflict in the home, what the enemy wants to do is corrupt the hearts of those that are involved. He doesn't care what he's got to use. He's not going to fight fair. So when there's conflict, what you need to realize, he's trying to corrupt the hearts. So why is forgiveness there? Because it's a part of, we're going to look at the word later, reconciliation. God is continually this very day trying to reconcile us back to the Father. And we live in a world full of conflict. People have made their decision. Well, I'm on this side. And you on that side. 
And there's no atmosphere for forgiveness. When the last time you said to your children, fathers, I forgive you. Mm. I forgive you. I forgive you. When they've done something that boy just, woo. You know what that's saying? I brought you in the world. I want to take you out. One of those, amen. Anybody ever been there with your children? Forgiveness. I'll say it again. Create an atmosphere where that exists. What's the A? Accepting. Turn to Luke real quick with us. Chapter 15. Book of Luke. Let me read to you out of chapter 15. I'll read just a few verses, and I'm going to focus on verse 20. So if you go to Luke chapter 15, verse 20, matter of fact, I'll just start reading there in in, in verse 20. Listen to what it says. And you're familiar with this parable. It's the prodigal son. But what I want you to listen, look for the heart of the father. Look at what the father's heart is in this. I'll start with verse 18 so you can get some of the context. This is the son talking. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. The son did. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Whew. From a distance, the father saw him. What was in the father's heart? Love. Whew. So what does the father do? He doesn't wait. He goes and what? He runs and he what? He meets him. Love's always willing to initiate. Love always is willing to initiate, fathers. I said again, love is always willing to initiate. Stop sitting in your proud chair saying, well, they got to come to me. A father's trustworthy. Trustworthy. Genesis 18. You go there, you see the story. God comes to Sarah and Abraham. He says, you're going to have a child. Sarah's past the age of bearing children. She starts laughing. Actually, God's talking to Abraham. Sarah overhears. She starts laughing. <laughs> what did the Lord say? I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> That ain't happening around here. He said, no, you're going to have a baby. And we know the story. Guess what? She has a child. God spoke it. But when you go to, let me read to you something out of Psalms. Psalms, listen to what it says in Psalms 138 too. Fathers, we should be trustworthy. Amen? Amen. 
We give our word. You keep it. You give your word to your children, get, do what? Keep your word. Be trustworthy. Listen to what it says. wrong scripture there. Let me give it to you. you. You can look it up. He says, I place my word above my name. That's the scripture that. What has God done? He's taken his what? Word and replaced it above his name. You can trust his word. His word. How often are you in the word, Father? How often are you reading the word and trusting the Father? What else is it about? You know what else? Another quality? He, to teach. You know what God is, wants us doing? Teaching our children. Deuteronomy tells us to do what? To teach. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy 6. Real quick. Pastor, he, he just... Shared a little bit of it just a minute ago. But listen to what it says. You should teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Fathers, we're supposed to be teachers. Can I share something with you? You're teaching. Because they're looking and they're watching. I, I got to the University of Alabama in 1979, and I was, wasn't a real big guy, 5'9", 155 pounds. But you ain't playing over here. You're too small. And what I love to tell people is I was an 18-year-old man. Still a teenager, but it was what Joseph Castile had taught me because we go to work to get, <clears throat> from around 10 years of age. My dad would take me to work with it. And uh, we didn't get in no Buick. We didn't get in no Ford. We had two-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. These right here. Rain, sleet, snow. About six, seven miles round trip. My children have heard me tell this story often. And boy, 10 o'clock at night, we just start out. <clears throat> we, we walked to Columbus, Georgia. From Phoenix City, Alabama to Columbus, Georgia, three-story restaurant called the Getcher's House, German cuisine. We get there about <clears throat> 11 or whatever, and my dad would give out instructions on the section of the restaurant that I was to clean. And then he was going to go, and when he got back, it better be done. We would work all night. <clears throat> so I'm 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I worked with my father. He took me to work with him. So when I got to the University of Alabama, I knew how to work. I was an 18-year-old boy, a young man. So when a coach gave me a job, I knew how to do it. I knew how to carry it out without asking any questions. Because you didn't ask my dad questions. One of those type young World War II vet. Hey, look here. I've given you instructions. When I get back, best be done. If not, action. 
Amen. You know, I know so that what what that action motivated me. I was going to do what I was told to do. And I get down well, and guys, hey, I don't know about this. Man, my dad taught me. And I'm living today off of those blessings. Fathers, what are you teaching your children? What are you teaching your children? Pain is involved in teaching. Because guess what's in it? Correction. Saints, do you know? Listen, my fathers, we live in a fallen world. You want to see your children succeed. You can't, you can't, you got to stop compromising. The next word, humility, humble. Philippians tells us what kind of mind Jesus had, didn't he? He was humble. Share another quick story with you about my father. I shared it with Pastor Steve this morning. I'm 10, 11 years old. I'm hot-headed. I'm quick-tempered. I'm volatile as a... That was just how I was as, as a... That was my personality. And one day my father sat down with me. And I call it a Kodak moment. He gave me wisdom that changed my life. He said, son, this, this is what he said. And he said, son, if you're going to make it in life, you're going to have to learn how to take some things. Say it again. Son, you're going to make it in life. You're going to have to learn how to take some things. He was saying, you got to learn how to be humble. Humility. Why humility? Fathers, why do you need to teach your children that? Because when you humble yourself, God said, I'll raise you up. He says, if you why, why is Jesus' name above every name? Because he humbled himself. I've had situations, I've got, we got six adult children. Can I share something with you? That you, you can imagine in a fallen world, there's some conflict. Mm-hmm. And you know what I've had to learn to do? Humble myself. When that conflict comes, I've had to learn to, hey, I can be sitting there saying, well, you're wrong and I'm right. God is saying, humble yourself. Go to them. You initiate it. You initiate that reconciliation. So many strained relationships between fathers and their children is because the father's too proud to humble himself. Encourager. You look at the story of Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm, we're going to go there real quick. I want to read some of the verses. You know what, fathers, we need to learn to do? Encourage our children. Build them up. Some of us, fathers, we can be the most negative, pessimistic people in the world. 
Because your dad maybe was that way, was that way. Or your, somebody, somebody in your coach or teachers that just was a negative, pessimistic type personality. And that's not God the Father. He's for us. He's for your children. He's for you, Father. You know what I learned from when my dad gave me responsibilities? Guess what? He believes I can get the job done. You don't give responsibility. Guess what you're saying to your children? I don't, I'm, I'm not even encouraged enough to believe you can get the job done. God the Father is an encourager. Listen to what he says. Here's, the nation of Israel has been living in rebellion, disobedient to the utmost. He said he's going to send them into exile. Still got a spirit of evil. Coming out of this thing. Come on, come out. Y'all hearing this, dads? You hearing this, father? In the midst of when you're disciplined, when you're correcting, is there a spirit of encouragement? Come on. I know you can do better. Woo! Don't leave it where you've just beaten them down. Preaching to somebody. <laughs> Amen. Listen to what it says. I'm going to start around verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old. I'm in Jeremiah 31. The Lord has appeared of old to me. Yes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Mm. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn you? Again, I will build you, and you shall be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. You shall again be adorned with your tambourines, and shall go forth in the dances of those who rejoice. You shall yet plant vines on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and eat as ordinary food. So in the midst of his correction, in the midst of him judging, in the midst of all that they were faced with that we could say was a negative, he's saying, I'm going to still encourage you. It's not going to end right there. Amen? He sends them into exile. He brings them back. What do we know that New Testament tells us? He says over in Romans, and all Israel will be saved. Fathers, you give up quickly. Do you give up quickly when your son or daughter doesn't look like that? It's, you've said it about 10,000 times. You give up. God doesn't. I'll say it again. He doesn't give up. Get in the word. Find out what his word says. Speak that over your children. Be an encourager. They can get the job done. You believe in them. Think about it for a moment. God believes in us. One last word. He's relational. I just read to you Jeremiah 31.3. He's relational. I'll read it again. The Lord has appeared of, of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you. With what type of love? An everlasting love. What type of love? 
everlasting. What's love? God is love. So if he's in the midst, so when he's in the midst of a circumstance, when he's in the midst of a situation, when he's in the midst of conflict, guess what his heart is? This next word. He's always reconciling. Woo! He's always reconciling, but he's all, that's what you need to Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go there. He's always reconciling. You know what I like to say about God? He's the eternal optimist. Amen? Woo! You know, sometimes when you're like that, people, well, I, I, I just, uh, you just, uh, all that, yeah, all that optimism. Um. Well, when I hear that, what they're saying to me is you, you, you're quick to give up. See, I was born in a, in a home with a mother that was alcoholic. And I had to believe for 24 years before I ever saw breakthrough. I had to believe when it was dark. I had to believe when nobody else in the house believed. I had to believe. And God, when you have a love relationship with him, man, that's your foundation. You don't know how to do God don't know how to do anything but win. When that's going to become your nature? I don't care what it is. I'm a Psalms 1 man. Whatever I touch, I'm a Psalms 1 father. I speak this over my children. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to speak this. I'm going to pray this. Listen to what he says, huh? Go verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. You have the spirit of the living God in you. He's dead. I don't care what the circumstance. Man, here's the dynamic is I'm reconciling. Listen to what it goes on to say. And has given us the ministry. What's your ministry, fathers? Of reconciliation. That's your ministry. Listen to what the next verse says. That is that God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world to himself. That has to be your spirit when conflict comes. You have, to, you have to be armed with reconciliation when conflict comes. Let me finish the verse. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. What are you going to do with that, saints? Whew. We ought to all be jumping up and shouting. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You realize we just fellowshiped and we took the cup and th- this is where that fits in at. He's covered. Fathers, when are you going to learn how to cover some stuff? Instead of pointing it out all the time. Mm. Every circumstance, situation come, you just get the point. Shooting the gun. Ba 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 ba. How about covering some things? How about pleading the blood over some things? 
Woo! How about speaking just the opposite of what you see? How about taking authority over what you see? In the name of Jesus. Bringing every, ne- what, every negative thought into captivity. Listen to what it goes on to say. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us. That's you, fathers. What is he committed to you? The word of reconciliation. Do you have a reconciling spirit when conflict comes with your children? Are there some relationships that, fathers, if you start reconciling, you develop that spirit, God will bring them back. He'll bring, you, he'll bring the relationship back. He'll bring your children back home. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that Eyes closed, heads are bowed. If you're a father, would you stand? Just stand. I'm going to ask you as you stand, right where you're at, just repeat this prayer with me, okay? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing me to be a father. Holy Spirit, help me to be faithful. Help me to be forgiving. Help me to be accepting. Help me to be trustworthy. Help me to be a teacher. Help me to walk in humility. Help me to be an encourager. Help me to be relational. Help me to be reconciling. Help me to be responsible. Help me to be accountable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. Mighty word. Father, I ask you to bless us. You keep us. Make your face shine upon us. Be gracious unto us countenance to be upon us. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remind you, we don't have service next week, right, Pastor? We're off and uh, So as Pastor said, go with God. He's going with you. God bless. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.